0: Welcome into Loho Daily. I'm Lawrence Holmes. It's my podcast. I'm glad that you are listening along with it. I love talking NFL. And sometimes when you're doing a lo- local show, you don't really get the chance to talk as much about the league overall as you'd like to do. And considering that the, the meetings went on last week and there was new changes around the league, it's a subject matter that I really wanted to get into. So, I reached out to one of my friends that I really, uh, I, I'm saying really a lot. I reached out to one of my friends that I enjoy talking football with, Jim Ozarski, who covers the Packers for the Milwaukee Journal Sentinel. He's their beat reporter now. But before that, he was in the AFC North covering the Cincinnati Bengals for the Cincinnati Inquirer. So this is a guy that that knows the league really well. He's done it for over a decade. And his opinion I really respect. With that in mind, I thought that we'd spend the whole time on the pod today talking about some of the bigger issues in the NFL, especially the rule changes. So, from the Milwaukee Journal Sentinel, my guest today on Loho Daily, Jim Ozarski. And we start off with finding out how covering the Packers in this offseason has gone.
1: Uh, You know, it's been... uh been different this is my first one on the packers beat you know i started basically week one last year so on one hand it's been it's it's been frustrating as a beat guy because i go from cincinnati where they're like hey come talk to all the coaches come talk to ownership come talk to players to a team that's like screw the media Uh, uh but on the other hand you know being home and Having the free time, like that's also been good. So it's that, you know, that weird kind of balance of, hey, I'm really happy to be home with my wife and the dog. But on the other hand, I'm like, you know, you wish you'd be doing something, you know?
0: No, no doubt about it. I, I'd love to get your opinion on this since you've covered the NFL for so long. When do you feel like it became a 12 month league or 11 and a half months or whatever you want to call it now? Yeah, I think it's,
1: um, uh, when they moved the draft after free agency, and I don't remember when that was, but basically it was, they wanted, it was basically the league moving the draft to end of April. So then quite literally there is something every month. You obviously, the season is the season. Uh, you know, the Super Bowl punctuates February, free agency is March draft is April, and then, hey, it's camps and mini-camps and OTAs through May and June, and then training camp, you know, yes, there's a month off, but you don't feel like it because the, the last camp is around Father's Day. Training camp kicks up at the end of July, and obviously, you know, there's there's some stuff going on in between. So, you know, I think when that move happened, or I don't remember the year. But that was when it was okay. Twelve months a year, there's something NFL.
0: It's such a behemoth now. It seems to just eat everything. Yes, <laughs>
1: it does. It does. I and I. I mean, look, they're they're a for profit business. I don't. Uh, I don't begrudge them the tens of billions. I have a job because of it, uh, as, as do many, many others. <laughs> you know, in various capacities. But you're right. It is. Um, it is interesting to see them want to continue to expand and add more. It seems like what else can you do? But, you know, I, I guess that's that's why they are where they are, right?
0: And no doubt about it. Have you paid any attention at all to the AAF?
1: Uh, I have not watched any of it. I have read a lot about it. Uh, more, it's, honestly, Lord, it's the concept that I find interesting, not so much the play. Um You know, the idea of a minor league, the idea that guys who are kind of fringy, uh, you know, maybe, I don't think it's worked out this way this season, uh, but maybe guys who had catastrophic injuries and teams just don't want to give them that time. Maybe this is a place for them to prove they're healthy. um, Frankly, I'm a guy who can't not stand the NCAA and the way that it's run. So I love the idea of maybe... Now, the AAF wasn't going to do this, but the XFL, hey, freshman, sophomore, come on, come make money, you know. So, like that, like the concepts of it, I really, really like. I just haven't watched it. Yeah,
0: it, it's <laughs> funny to me that that I've noticed that I haven't found enough good journalism on the AAF. I feel like there there's kind of two things happening. Either you become an AAF fanboy, and anything that they say is gospel. And they're here and they're going to usurp the NFL or they're, they're being ignored. I I'm, I'm still trying to find that middle ground because I ran across that thing. And at some point I'll do a whole pod on it. But the story in USA today, yesterday where the main investor for the AAF is like, Oh, well if we don't get the NFL PA on our side, we're going to have to fold up the league and we might fold it up before the end of the week. And my thing is like, wait, what? like, <laughs> Meanwhile, on another front, Eminem's tweeting at the AAF and talking about expanding to Detroit. And I, I'm just sitting there trying to figure out how does your business model allow for we might have to fold if we don't get help from the NFLPA, even though none of our players are NFLPA players, to, oh, yeah, things are going so well, we might expand. <laughs>
1: yeah, I, yeah, I didn't understand it. I think... Um Part of that, Lawrence, I think, is just a a result of, frankly, the lack of of local journalism. I mean, we we don't have to get into that topic, but it, it does apply. I mean, even if you move, and some of these cities are major markets, if you will, but resources being what they are, just because you're a professional league doesn't necessarily mean the local media has the resources to cover it properly. Um, or at all, quite frankly. I mean, if you're moving into an NFL market, look, we just kind of ran through how, how crazy the schedule is. I mean, look, they were just in league meetings. I mean, you know, spring might be good for the AAF schedule, but it's not good for, you know, NFL beat guys to maybe go dip their toe into that. Um, so I, I, I think that's the coverage issue there. Um, now, in terms of the other part of that, like you said, I'd, I don't understand that investors sort of play there to try to put pressure on the P.A. Um, that's not their job. Uh, to me, I would venture to think there are plenty of in shape guys, fringe guys, to be honest. Lawrence, you know you covered the league a long time. There are guys who literally wait all year for that call in week 12 to join a practice squad, right? Um, like there are plenty of football players. Um, and I think to be developmental, I get what they're trying to say is maybe chase Daniel, uh, maybe David fails is the guy they, excuse me, David fails, right. Or Tim Boyle. If you're a Packers guy, like they want that quarterback, but, um, that's not, I, I don't see that. I don't understand the press there, uh, on his level. And you're right to flip around and go, I mean, you want to buy a franchise, right? <laughs> I, that was kind of. I mean, I guess that'd be kind of fun, like the stands, you know, like. Uh, the-
0: oh, the Detroit stands would be a dope name. <laughs> oh my god, that would be fantastic! I think you just fixed the AAF. Now they're going to give so. you a franchise as well. But you're, it was such a strange flex. Like, huh, if the NFLPA doesn't help us out, then we might fall. And I'm sure the NFLPA guys were like, "Okay, the go fact- right ahead. <laughs> exactly. Then this has nothing to do with us anyway." Right, they've got much bigger issues
1: coming down the the, the pipe uh, here. In, you know, twenty twenty one is coming real quick, and uh, uh, yeah, this is not their their problem for sure.
0: <laughs> what did you think about the rule changes?
1: Um, I, you know the the um, the one that caught all the attention, of course, is the one that came through late, which was the coach initiative or the coach push. You know, being able to challenge a non a non penalty. Um, you know the other ones. You know the league. This, this league changes rules so often that you're almost numb to it, right? But I will say this: the reason that the OPI DPI stuff is is interesting is because, like last year's change of the body weight on the quarterback and the roughing. I mean, that affected games in the first quarter of the season, if you're now the team I covered in green Bay, um, they could argue it affected a season, you know, instead of starting two and Oh, there were one, one and you know, one and one and things and, and their defensive players didn't know what to do for a couple weeks. Um, you know, with the clay Matthews roughing, it seemed like forever ago. And when, when that kind of exploded, but um, you know, he, they weren't the only one, but so, I'm really curious how this affects gameplay because for every one that this goes for in terms of a call or a coach, it goes against someone else. And uh, look, there were seven new head coaches this past year. I mean, Steve Wilkes got fired after one season. I mean, these guys are getting fired for this stuff. And it's just, um, you know, I think it's, I think it's a good idea on its face because what happened in the NFC title game, and then even that, that roughing on Tom Brady, Lawrence in the AFC title game where you're like, what? Yep. You know, like that. I, I think when you can fix a problem, you should fix it. Um, but I also understand the concern of the owners of like, wow, where are we going down with this when it's fourth and 12 and you know what, you know, we're going to, we're going to throw a jump ball to, you know, if you're a Bears fan, Trey Burton, Packers fan, uh, uh, you know, Devontae Adams, because odds are you're going to get an illegal contact. You're going to get a hold. You're going to get a P.I. You're going to, you know what I mean? Like there's more bad things that can happen to a defensive player. So um, that'll affect the game. I'm curious to see it. And yeah, it's just two challenges, but that's, man, that's one first down. That's one extra play in the red zone. That's a big deal.
0: How do you feel about kickoffs? And kickoff returns, more importantly. I, I find myself, I, I love kickoffs. Now, maybe that's because I was covering the Bears when Devin Hester was at his zenith. I do love the kickoffs. And so now the Bears are like, oh, we'll just go get a kickoff returner, even though the opportunities for him to return kicks keeps going down and down and down. Do you like the game trying to maybe legislate kickoffs out? Or do you think there's value in it?
1: Uh, yeah, see, I'm, I'm, I guess this shows our age a little bit. I'd love to hear from, you know, your, your listeners, your Twitter followers on how like the younger guy, maybe post Devin Hester. Cause yeah, I grew up with Dion, right. And Brian Mitchell and, and, uh, obviously Devin Hester and his prime who was just that, that was so exciting and it changed the game and in, in such a way, like you didn't get up to go to the bathroom, you know? And, and, um, so I miss that, uh, the way it is now, I don't, don't understand why they, they do it. You know, like they, they, it's essentially a touchback all the time. I guess if teams were more willing to put the ball in play, I, I'd, I'd be okay with, you know, the 25 yard line because it's, the touchback wouldn't be as prevalent. Um, but I guess I haven't seen enough ingenuity. I haven't seen, you know, they were complaining about the onside kick. To me, Lawrence, I mean, it's a live ball after 10 yards. Why does it have to be a, a skip and a bounce for 12? I mean, you've got that whole field to play with. I, I, I guess I'll put that on the coaches to say get get more creative, take take more of a risk with 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 placement, and some of those interesting areas you can kick a football and then let it bounce right. Um, but no, I I, I don't know. I, I think they've ruined that. So it's like get off the pot, right? Right. <laughs> like let it be part of the game, or just take it away. I think this weird in between hasn't quite worked yet at least in my opinion.
0: There's a couple more NFL issues I, I want to go through with you. And, and this week, when we're recording, is the retirement of Rob Gronkowski. What was it like covering a league, and for a long time you were covering an AFC, that had Rob Gronkowski in it?
1: Yeah, he he was um, so so, as a player, just so unique. I mean, I, you know, I saw a guy like AJ green every day and a tight end is different from a receiver to me Lawrence In that there's just so many other ways you can use that guy. Um, there and hit and, and his size and speed. It was, it was wild. I mean, I, I got to see him up close more than a few times, uh, a cover games that the Patriots played that he played in you know, that he wasn't hurt for. Um, And, and these are NFL defenders who would just kind of throw up their hands because they're physically beaten. You know what I mean? Like there's these guys you watch now on Instagram, it's where they're all doing their workouts. And that famous Parcells quote from the eight, is this what you lift all those weights for in the off season? Like none of that mattered with it. It didn't matter how fast you ran or how much you could bench or how many sleds you pushed or, or what, if you were a coordinator, talking to these guys and like what they schemed like thats I mean, that was so different than Julio or Antonio Brown or AJ green. It was just different. Does that make sense? Like, I don't know if I'm, if I'm helping this, that question there Lawrence. but it was so, I haven't really seen a guy just totally render any physical person across from him useless and then coordinated schemes just just outright, I've seen receivers get taken away. You know what I mean? I've seen running backs get taken away. That guy, was, when he was healthy, was just, it was just you hope it was a bad throw or he just dropped it or he got hurt. Like, it wasn't, it was like nothing else could be done to stop him. It was so unique. And obviously the off-field stuff was <laughs> was, was interesting and, I guess, kind of fun to, to watch from afar. But, yeah, physically that, that guy was, um, I haven't seen anything like that. I mean, even as a fan growing up and watching a lot of really good players, you know, before him.
0: I, I don't think that he gets enough credit for how great of a inline blocker he was. Because yeah. he, oh, he would sure. just, just push you into the stands if he got his paws on you.
1: Yeah, and that's um, especially nowadays where the tight end is, you know, it, it's meant to be a pass-catching position, you know, and, and the blocking is sort of a thing you kind of have to do. <laughs> Whereas he was a, I mean, he was a Gronk, right? I mean, it, like it fit the personality in so many ways and the name and, and all that stuff. Like, no, he actually, especially Lords for a guy who his body was breaking down to the degree it was, that he would still willingly and, I mean, it looked like he loved doing it. Um, yeah, I, I don't, it'll be a little bit before we, we see a guy like that again. <laughs> totally. Although I want to ask you this though because you're you're a wrestling fan. I, I, I tweeted this out. I thought it was a little bit of a, a slap in the face to wrestlers and even to Gronk to be like, oh, he's just going to go wrestle now. I'm like, his body's broken.
0: Yeah, and now you're going to ask like, him he- to do 200 nights a year on the road? <laughs> eh. I,
1: yeah, that was I thought that was such a, a – I thought that was an NFL media ignorance type of thing. Like, oh, just go to the WWE. I was like, no, y'all don't understand what those guys <laughs> put themselves through. If he's retiring – you know, because he's broken. Like, maybe he'll do it once or twice, but not as like a full time thing.
0: Yeah, I don't see. All right, so maybe it's him popping up at WrestleMania, right? You know, or or Survivor Series. Like, maybe it, it's him doing that. It, but it's it's it can't be that he's on Raw every right. Monday night taking bumps because they'll find out very quickly that that he is broken in half. And I, if if the rumors are true, and the rumors are that. Gronk saved all of his playing money and has been living off of his his all of his endorsement money, then I think that he's set up to have a great life not doing anything. And he's not even 30 yet like that. That to me is a win. So why jump into doing WWE before you have an opportunity to let your body heal a little bit? If, if, If it's a year from now, I can see it being more likely than him just popping up there in a couple of weeks.
1: Yeah, I, I, I agree with that for sure. Cause you're right. I mean, if, um, if he was smart enough to do that and um, look, I mean, we, we know how serious, you know, these, the post playing career issues are for these guys and especially a guy like him, who's had the neck and the back and concussions and all that stuff. So he, he needs to save that money. So you're right. Lord. I think, uh, yeah, a one-off in WrestleMania a year, year from now when he's, I mean, he's still going to be in shape. I think the Gronk brand will require him to still look a certain way. Um, so I'm sure he'll stay in shape, you know, for the foreseeable future. But, yeah, that seems more realistic to me, that sort of one-time payout, <laughs> as opposed to, like, I'm going to go do this other thing now where I can break my bones and be concussed.
0: <laughs> right, and, and, and do it on a weekly basis, which is not, right. not great for anybody. Do you – I know that we talk about this whenever a younger guy retires, whether it's Calvin Johnson or, or Gronk, but do you think that there are more NFL players that are looking at this and saying, you know, maybe that 10th, 11th, 12th year is not worth what will happen to me later on in life. Yeah, I think for those, I think
1: for those guys, yes, because they've been paid. Um, so I've obviously been in the locker room every day. I I get to see the full spectrum of player, right? So the the you know special teams ace, you know, six years in the league, maybe they made a million dollars pre taxes. Um, that's as their as their ceiling. Um, those guys want to play. You know, they hit thirty thirty one, eight years in. No, they still want to get another contract. Um, I, I haven't come across a guy who, and, and these are men who were having families and young children towards the tail end of their, their careers at that point. And, and, you know, it was still about, this is what I can do. They know that they're likely not going to make, even if it's a $1.09 million veteran minimum, um, the odds of, of that. Particular paycheck is is not high, so I think those guys still want to play. Um, but yeah, I could see the stars who were really beat up at those positions. That you know, toss quarterbacks aside. I think I think those guys will will wonder if they're not motivated by you know being real close to a certain number. You know, Barry Sanders wasn't motivated to break Walter Payton's record. You know what I mean? But some guys are. So you know maybe that'll change things, but yeah, I I don't know if it'll be a trend because I think those are at such a small percentage, but I think those guys think more about it than for sure. And then I'll, I'll flip it this way, Lawrence. So a guy like Tyler Eifert, Bengals tight end, he was a first round pick out of Notre Dame, didn't make a ton of money. I mean, it, it you know yes first round pick, but he's down in the twenties. Broken bones and freak injuries. He has yet to be paid. I remember him telling me, "Being drafted in the first round was the worst thing that happened in his career," because his career season came in year four. Hmm. They hit him with the they hit him with the fifth year um, option. Where then Kelsey got paid, Jordan oh. Reed got paid, um, all these other tight ends drafted in his class after him got huge extensions. He got paid five and a half million dollars and's been hurt since. And he's like, and basically, he, he has more serious injuries. Just Google that guy's injury history. You're like, dude, you should stop. I've asked him this for years. And he said, I think I could still play. And he's kind of like, I've put in all this work. I've beaten myself up this bad. I kind of want the payday at this point. You know what I mean? So it's a really interesting time, I think, for these guys, depending where they are in their careers and, you know, how, frankly, how much money they made on that that second contract if they ever got it?
0: I got one little set of questions left for you, and I appreciate you yeah. being so patient. You covered the AFC North for a long time. What the hell went on in Pittsburgh?
1: Yeah, this is um, this has been bubbling there for years, Lawrence. I mean, so that it's blown up this publicly is is not a surprise. I'm I'm I guess the surprise for me having been around it and hearing the stories week in and week out that it took this long. Um, But the stuff about Ben from these guys, we have heard the stuff about Brown and Bell and the issues. I I mean, this is a Mike Tomlin issue to me, Lawrence. Um, You know, he, he likes to to say a lot of catchy things, but to me actions or lack thereof speak louder than that. So yeah, it's just, Look, most I mean, that team hasn't been to been to one AFC title game with that group of three. And and they had a lot of other good players around them, too. It wasn't just, you know, those three guys. And uh, to me, that's a coaching issue. And I think clearly a quarterback issue. So it's been bubbling. And, and they let that be the culture there. Um, it hasn't paid off for them. I guess we'll see now. They doubled down on the quarterback and the coach. And we'll see. I just don't think it it works. I I don't think I think the way Tomlin has has run that team um, wasn't. Maybe it was right at the beginning, and then it's just it's just mushroomed to a point. Maybe they think these two guys being gone will help it. You know, put the toothpaste back in the tube.
0: It's been quite the disaster. My friend, I thank you very much. I know that you were out here trying to grocery shop. I'm going to let you get <laughs> back to it. But but thanks for being on the podcast. I look forward to you being a frequent guest of this pod.
1: Yeah, congratulations, Lawrence. Obviously, you know, I'm, I'm a fan. I'm a fan of yours as well, so you can call me anytime.
0: You got it, my man. Now now go into the, the fruit section and, and get all the healthy stuff that you all like right. to eat.
1: <laughs> I will. I will. Talk to you soon. All
0: right, man. Later. You can expect that there's going to be a lot of NFL talk on this podcast. I actually think that it's it's worthy of talking about year-round. As we discussed in this conversation, it's a year-round league now. It has it gone from there used to be this dead period of time after the Super Bowl to now it's just all sped up. Well, here's the combine, and here's the draft, and here's free agency, and everything else. So it's become a 12-month-a-year league. And I think that that's exactly the way that fans want it. I think we want more NFL more often. And that's what you got. So I hope you enjoyed it. Stick around for the next episode. Tomorrow on Loho Daily, we're going to talk a lot about the NCAA tournament with our buddy Mike Hall.